You're listening to the Crochet Conversations podcast with Ines and Mel, and this is episode 29, Letting the Yarn Dictate the Project. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. Hello, guys. Boy, what a week. Really, what a week. Before we begin, I want to say thank you again to everyone who came down to our event. Yes. Well, I mean, it's not our event, but it was an event that we were a part of. And it, it was so nice getting out of the studio for once. Yeah, correct. And uh, being in a pop-up market, I mean, we've been waiting so long for us to have a chance to, you know... To do this yeah, again. Yeah, to do this again. And also because in Singapore, we've been in some sort of lockdown for almost the past two years. And it's only been, you know, recently that they allowed a group of more than two packs out and about. So yeah. this event was like perfect for us. So anyway, give us some time to decompress yeah. and finish our custom orders. And we have decided that we're going to make a full episode talking about the event and, you know, what goes on behind the scenes and all that because it's something that we get asked yeah, often sometimes. Yeah, yeah and uh, it's something that we, I mean, we used to do quite often in the past to go out there and have, uh, you know, to attend pop markets and events and stuff like that. Yeah, at least I would say like four times a year, I think. Yeah. That's basically every three months. Wow. wow! Yeah! Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah! Yeah, and it's... there is a lot to talk about and to prepare for events like this. And also, I get questions from uh, younger crochet makers, and they email in asking, "Do you have any advice for people who are just starting? Like, is there something I need to know about? Or you know, when I meet friends who are starting their own business, and they say, "Is there anything I need to know about the Singapore market? And how do I, you know, get one foot into the door?" Right. So we've decided that. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Yeah. In the coming weeks, we will dedicate one uh, episode on this. One full episode. But we didn't want to talk about it until we've had time to plan our episode and decompress from a really, really busy month. Definitely. So, let's talk about today's episode instead. I decided to come up with this episode because when Mm -hmm. we were at the event, there were a lot of you guys who came up to me and said... You know, I've got this and this and this yarn. Yeah. And it's sitting at home in my, you know, cubby or stash. Yeah. What can I do with it? (laughs) Right. I'm sure many of you guys uh, experience the same thing. And so I realized that a lot of you guys are more like me (laughs) than I thought. Because if you see yarn that speaks to you... You just gotta have it. You got to get it. (laughs) You gotta catch them all. So... Since you guys are like me, I thought that this episode would be really helpful for y'all. Yeah, because you have experience, right? Because it's it's really helpful for me to follow these steps. Right. And I'm laughing because I feel like I'm just making excuses mm-hmm. for myself why I should buy yarn. But it's I think it's quite common that people buy yarn without a specific item in mind. You know, yeah. just because it looks nice. Yeah, and I guess it's helpful if you can share you know, like, what can you do with all this extra, sort of extra yarn Yarn that you have. That you have, yeah. And I mean, sometimes when you're in the store, or you're browsing online, you know, the yarn needs to speak to you. You know, however beautiful it is, if Uh it doesn't speak to you, you you shouldn't get it. But if it does, and most often than not, the yarn wants to I was just about to say, there's a lot of yarn that's talking to you, I (laughs) I guess. So I have broken it down into a few different steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that you can, you know, it's like a little checklist 
when you have yarn in your stash and you don't know what to do with it. It's right. like a little checklist for you. Okay, so I want to repeat that this option, this episode will be for you. If you already have the yarn, you just now need to decide what you want to do with it. Right, and it's so funny because I titled this um, when I was doing my research as I have bought my yarn, what now? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, now right? what? Yeah, now what? Now what do I do with it? Stare at it because it's pretty. You know, there is some yarn that I buy just because it's pretty and I don't know if I ever... Some yarn? Like no, most yeah, some. of the yarn. I don't know if I'm ever going to use it. It's just that I bought a few colours and these are some of the yarn I got when I was in Germany. Right. And it's just like a funny, flat, polyester, polyamide kind of material yeah. and it's only like 50 grams so... It's just one of those decoration type yarn right. that's pretty to look at. But, so. Well, I do, you know, I do understand where you're coming from, especially if we get yarn from overseas because we don't often see, you know, maybe that it's type of yarn. It's not the same yarn, type of yarn. Yeah, yeah. a variety of yarn uh, that I, we have in Singapore. And I think it's very interesting to see where uh, the different countries, yeah. you know, what kind of yarn they prefer. Right. For example, when we were in Japan, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of cotton, a lot of variegated cotton which works perfectly for me because that's what I like. Right. But in, say, when I was in Germany, it was, it's not even wool, but it was a lot of funny uh, blends. Different blends, right. So it's like 95% cotton, 5% lurex, okay. or 5% polyamide, or, you know, like a polyester wool blend or a polyester cotton blend, right. which is not commonly found in Japan, for example. Right. Because we didn't see much polyester. No, no. yeah. And even in Singapore, the preferred type of yarn, I think it's acrylic. Because wool would be too heavy and yeah. too... too Thick. Too thick. And yeah. we don't have the climate for thick wool and anything. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, so acrylic seems to be what's popular here. In Japan, for example, I've noticed cotton seems to be popular there. And yeah. You know, it's just interesting to see where different countries, the preference in the yarn sort of reflects yeah. their culture. So I think it's quite interesting in that sense. So anyway, before we ramble on any further, let's just talk about the different steps that I have broken down for you today. So the first step, I think, is just to decide how much yarn you have with you. Right, of course. At this current moment, right? There's no point starting something if you don't even have enough yarn yeah, for it. Yeah. And I think that there's this common thinking that you can just start the project with whatever yarn you have. And if it runs out, just go back to the store and get some more. Okay, right. But I think given the current climate with COVID and all the supply lines and supply chains being disrupted, you don't always, you can't always guarantee that you get that same yarn again. Yeah, yeah, that that is an issue. And beyond that, what if your dye lot number doesn't match? And I talked about this in a previous episode about how it's so important to have your dye lot and batch numbers match up. Yeah, correct. So if you don't even have that, then I don't think you should start a project. If you want to know, based on how much yarn you have, what kind of projects you can do, I have a quick questions episode. I think it's one of our earlier episodes where I broke down all the different quantities of yarn. Um, so from like 100 grams and all the things you can create with 100 grams of yarn. Right. And then 200 grams and then 300 and then four, five, six hundred. I think. Yeah. So I've broken it down into all these different categories for you in a different episode, episode. One of the earlier episodes. So you can refer to that to decide how much yarn you have and what sort of projects... You can embark on, yeah. Yeah, are available to you with the limitation of the yarn that you have. Yeah, I guess you don't want to take the risk of starting a project and end up 
you know, doing it halfway and, you know, not having enough or the same kind of material to continue. Yeah, and you don't want to play yarn chicken. No, <laughs> Yarn no. chicken with yeah. it. And if some of you don't know what yarn chicken is, it's just kind of like a mental game that, you know, crochets and I think knitters as well, I'm not yeah. quite sure, that we play with ourselves. So we we try to finish a project as much as possible. And when we know that we have a little bit of yarn left, sometimes we're not very sure if that little bit of yarn is enough to finish that final like 10 stitches. Yeah, but you so we go, just go ahead, ahead and anyway. take that risk, yeah. Yeah, and it's just you hope and pray that you have that you enough win. yarn to finish and if you do finish, you win at Yarn Chicken. And if you don't, then I'm sorry, you've lost. <laughs> <laughs> so you also don't want to be playing Yarn Chicken because the final like 10 stitches or the final row it's so dangerous and tricky to be changing yarn colours at that point. Right, right. Because that would really like severely affect the durability and the structure and strength of your project. Right. And you do have to leave some yarn at the end, right? To sew it in. You do. And, you know, it's just the more yarn you leave at the end to sew in, you know, the more knots you create, the further away you weave in the ends, the more secure your project will be. Yeah. Now, step number two is we want to determine how thick the fabric will be. Okay. You know, we want to examine the thickness of the fabric so that we can decide what we're going to do with it. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, and I know you guys are going to hate me saying this. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Okay, you have to swatch. Swatch. There you go. (laughs) There is no escape from swatching, unfortunately. There is no magic solution that can, you know, there's no directory that you can enter in and figure out what your stitch pattern is because no one crochets like you you know you are you you are an individual person and I think especially in this case because you have that maybe two balls of yarn uh, and if you don't swatch you are not going to know how much you need to complete that project, right? Yeah, and you can try, you know, to just jump right into the deep end and live life on the edge, which I sometimes do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that's only because I have experience with a similar type of yarn. Right, and you're confident that you have enough, for example. So, if you are quite sure that you have more than enough, so for example, if you've listened to that previous episode that I talked about, and you have, say, like 500 grams of yarn, and you know you want to make a scarf, Okay, you probably only need 400 grams. So if you're quite certain that you don't need to swatch because you've got more than enough yarn, then go ahead, you know. And especially if you have experience with that type of yarn, then you don't. You probably could get away without swatching. Right. But I consider your previous works kind of like swatches. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say because you know how it's going to be like, sort of. Exactly. And... Okay, so let's work under the assumption that this is a brand new type of yarn. You've never worked with it before and you don't know how it's going to, you know, how the final product is going to look. Right. Then in that case, you have no choice but to swatch. But to swatch it, yes. And I hate to swatch and I'm laughing too because, you know, if I can avoid swatching, I definitely will and I have many times. Yeah. But there is just no getting around this, especially if you already have the yarn and you don't know what project you want to make with it. Yeah, exactly. So examine the thickness of the fabric, give it a swatch, see how the buildup of the fabric lends itself to the final texture. So for example, is the fabric too thick? Is it too thin? Is it something that you can, you know, you are in control of? Is it something that you can change? Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to go up a hook size or maybe... 
you know, go down a hook size maybe. Uh, perhaps you could mull the yarn, which is to double up the yarn. Right. You know, there are a few things that you can change. Figure out what your gauge is. So how many stitches are you getting, you know, in a 4x4 four four inch square? You know, does it have enough drape? Is it what you're looking for? And then decide from there. If it's too thick, could you maybe do something like a bag or like a household accessory? Right. Or if it's too thin, maybe you want to reserve this material for like clothing or like a top or a kimono or a scarf or a shawl or something wearable that you want it to be thin. Right. But you won't know any of this if you don't swatch. So unfortunately, there is no getting around it, like I said. So definitely do several swatches and hopefully you'll sure. get an idea, maybe even what you plan to do with yeah, that material. Yeah, so do, so basically to build on what Mel said, you just want to do maybe a few swatches, one with the recommended hook size, one with something smaller and some with, one with something larger yeah. and see how it lends to the final texture yeah, so like I said. And kind of exper- experiment on it. Yeah, and decide which one you like best because just because it's a recommended hook size doesn't mean it's a texture that you would necessarily like because I know all the recommended hook sizes for yarn leaves me with too much drape and right. I, I don't like too much drape. I'm quite a tight crochet. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it really depends on what you like. Exactly, and I love that you said that because it leads me straight into point number three. Oh. Which is to figure out what you like. Right. To figure out what you want. You know, you don't want to be making something for the sake of it and then just don't ever end up using it. <laughs> right, of course. I think that's a waste of, you know, your material. Firstly, it's, it's a waste of time. And time is money and material is money. So you don't want to be wasting any of the resources you have, right? Especially if you want to keep yarn in like one nice quantity that you could potentially maybe do something at a later date if that's what you want. Yeah, and the effort that goes into making it. Exactly. So don't don't make something you don't like just for the sake of it, okay? So here are some things you can maybe ask yourself to figure out what is it you like, you know, or okay. what is it you want to make. You know, firstly, do you want it to be a wearable? Do you want it do you want something that you can physically put on yourself to wear? Right. Or maybe do you want it for your house? Uh, you know, and also depending on the color scheme, like where can you see this color? You know, maybe you want a blouse, but maybe you don't want like a hot pink crochet <laughs> blouse. Right. You know, so, or maybe yeah. but maybe your room is like hot pink and you don't mind something. I don't know, you know, you just need to decide where you want this colour scheme, where you can see this yarn sort of fitting into your your life. Right. Okay, and then next is, is it for yourself? Or is it a gift? Right. Yeah, you're making it for someone. And I think if you're making it as a gift, then there's an extra step of consideration you, you need to think about. You know, you need to think about the sensitivities of that person. Do they have any allergies? You know, can they maybe not use acrylic if they've got allergies do they need you know cotton or do they have any religious limitations that would prevent them from touching certain you know byproducts of animals right yeah if they're vegan maybe don't get them (laughs) wool you know yeah all these things you need to think about okay and then so once you've figured all that out then you can sort of narrow it down to what projects you are now you have the options to make what projects are available to you right Now, step number four is to now, once you've decided what you want to make, let's say, for example, maybe you're making a blouse, now you need to look for a pattern. You need to decide, you know, how fast you want it to build up, what's in your pattern, how many row repeats do they have, 
how many stitch repeats, how complicated do you want it to yeah, be? Yeah, I think that's important. How many color changes you want, you know, in overall, does it match what you're going for? And looking for a pattern, I will say, can take a little while. Yeah. Because oftentimes, I find myself narrowing it down to two to three patterns. Okay. And then I just can't decide from there because I want to do everything. Right. Okay, so here are some things you can ask yourself to help you make a decision. Right, to filter it down more. Yeah, to filter it down even further to decide, you know, what your final project will be. So A, how much money do you want to spend on it? Right. A lot of free patterns can be found on their blogs and whatnot, but you kind of have to be on their blog to look at it. So mm-hmm. it's not very convenient. You can't print it out, not always. Yeah. Um, you can't annotate and write your own notes and make your own modifications. So if you want to get a free pattern, you could do that, but you know, keep that in mind. Other times you could buy a pattern of Ravelry or, yeah. or Yarnspirations, but do you want to be spending money on a pattern? Yeah, okay. Because sometimes, if I know I want something simple, I don't always want to spend money on a pattern. Yeah. If I can look at a photo and figure it out, I will try to do that. Because that's just the way my brain works, right? Yeah. So if you're similar to me in that sense, and you like to figure it out and reverse engineer different things, then maybe... You, know, you maybe, don't have to buy a pattern. Yeah, maybe don't spend money on a pattern. But if you feel like you don't have the time to do that, and you just want a quick, simple solution you know, go spend money on one. And also when you're talking about spending money on a pattern, it could range from $3 to maybe I've seen one that's like $30. Wow. So it's really up to you and your budget. Keep in mind that the pattern is just a pattern. You have to get the yarn right. later on and all that adds up to cost. For paid patterns, do you actually know what you're getting? Um, Not always. Really, the only thing you're going off is what the final product looks like based on the photo that you are clicking into you probably could see like an overview of what material they used but you probably won't know how much yarn they use or what hook size or what the gauge is all these things are research that the crochet artists have put into uh, you know and done and that's why it's a paid pattern right okay i see what you mean so sometimes it could be like a leap of faith like right. blind faith just buy a pattern because of the way it looks and you don't really know how okay whether it's a beginner level or intermediate level uh most good patterns would state i think whether it's like a beginner intermediate or like uh, before ad- you buy it yeah or like an adventurous beginner right. you know, or that's like why they call it adventurous yeah, beginner adventure or advanced beginner but i think I, I have seen a switch where people are starting to use the word adventurous beginner rather than advanced beginner because that's kind of like, so are you advanced? Advanced or are you, yeah, right. Yeah. So good patterns will tell you, but you don't always have good patterns like that because, you know, what if you're getting a pattern that has been transcribed from a different language? And then uh. there are some things that could be lost in translation or sometimes you get a diagram and not written pattern. Right. So that's also, you know, things you need to consider when you're deciding on a pattern. But ultimately, if you choose based on the photo, a good crochet artist would have put in the effort to take good product photos, mm-hmm. close-ups, and different, like, from different angles. And that should be more than enough for you to decide. 
anything else you've got to expect comes with the pattern. Right, right. There are incidents, like for me, for example, I have encountered some patterns that I've paid money for, like I've actually liked the pattern enough to buy it, or or I can't say pattern, so I've liked the look of the final product enough to want to buy a pattern. And mm-hmm. then once I receive the pattern, I've decided that there are certain stitches, or there's a certain way that the artist has decided to word their pattern that I just can't seem to understand. Oh, you can't figure out what the pattern is? I can't figure out what they're saying. I can't grasp what they're trying to explain to me. Maybe they're using very convoluted terms. Right. You know, it's too much words to describe one small, simple thing. And there are, you know, in those cases, what is it I can do about it? I can't do anything because now that I've bought the pattern... You have that file already. Yeah, I've yeah. read it. I have that file. I can't ask for a refund. So sometimes you need to, you know, keep in mind that this is a risk that comes with patterns. Right. But with that out of the way, now that you have your pattern, how much time do you need? You know, do <laughs> yeah. you are you trying to meet a, a deadline? Is it, you know, is it a big project? If you have a very short window of time where you need to make this maybe don't start it. Yeah. You know, once you've done one or two swatches, say you've bought a pattern, um, you've done up a swatch and you've decided it takes way too long. Too long, right. You know, because on top of your swatch gauge, on top of measuring your, you know, how much stitches and how many rows, you also want to time yourself. So how long does it take you to make that swatch? Right. You know, so then multiply that time with however many your square area of whatever you're doing. Yeah. And that will give you a good gauge of how much time you need to make a project. Yeah, that makes sense. And if you don't have enough time, say, if you're rushing it for Christmas, maybe don't start on like a shawl or a crochet dress or, you know, something. Maybe do something smaller. Right. Something easy to manage, something that you can churn out within a day. You know, and all these things play a part in make in helping you decide whether you wanna go ahead with that project or not. Yeah. And if you decide no, then just stash the pattern for another time. You know, it's it's no harm just collecting patterns. Oh no, I just started another. <laughs> so yes, I collect patterns and As I well, collect yeah. yarn. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so that's that. The last point is decide how it wears over time so create a swatch cut and keep that swatch and keep it and use it over time especially if you're gifting it you want to know how does it wash you know how does it dry how does it keep its shape does it need to be blocked is there anything that you know the, the the person receiving it needs to know? Maybe it can only be dry clean. Maybe yeah, it shrinks yeah. with the wash. That's important. Yeah, and you need to keep all this in mind. And it's it's no point giving someone a gift if it's gonna get them more. You know, gonna give them more trouble. It's like a gift that keeps on gifting, right? <laughs> and you don't want to do that. You want to give them something that they can just enjoy. Yeah, and for not sure. have to think and stress too much about it. Yeah. Because you know we've all been on the receiving end of gifts that just cause more trouble than what it's worth, right? Right, right. So we want to avoid that. Unless, say, you're making it for yourself, then if you feel that it's worth putting in all the effort... So, for example, if it's like bamboo cotton, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to treat it like a delicate... When you want to wash it, you know, like a delicate... where, where yeah. Yeah. you don't want to just chuck it into the laundry and then spin, you know, for no, half an no, hour. No, no, for sure not. Yeah. So is it worth all that? If it's bamboo cotton or like silk, for example, you have to hand wash silk. Is it worth the trouble of you hand washing silk? Because when you crochet something, the end result is that you are getting a piece of fabric. 
You know, yeah. you have to stop thinking of the final work as, oh, it's just crochet. It's not. You're creating. You actually create a fabric using one long thread. Right. right? It's just that this thread is a little bit thicker and you're not weaving it. You're just crocheting it instead. Right? So, if you're not sure how to care for it, think about how you would care for your regular clothes, like fashion clothes. Yeah. You know, you, you'd never want to dry wool like put wool in the dryer because it will shrink correct right or cotton for example shrinks on its first wash or silk has to be hand washed and bamboo yeah and different things like this yeah needs to be treated like a delicate and all these things you need to keep in mind so is it worth the trouble if you feel that it is then go ahead and start your project right and if it's not then maybe you want to go back to the drawing block and decide again let's put this yarn aside and then we go back to step one. How much yarn do I have in this other yarn? Right. Can I swatch it? Is it worth it? How much money do I want to spend on it? How much time do I have? Mm. You know, does it wear? Am I going to gift it? You know, what am I going to do with it? I think your last point is definitely something that a lot of us, I think, forget, you know, that is so important to remember about taking care of the material. Right, yeah, and you, because you don't, you've spent so much time and effort yeah. into making, and it really takes a long time. It's it's not fast fashion, it's really, I mean, it's durable if you take care of it, but it's a slow process, it's like a slow, mindful thing that you can do, and at the end of it, you don't, you don't just want to treat it mindlessly, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it goes back to the first point, like, why do I have this yarn? Because it looks good, it feels nice, I'm just getting it without really having, you know, anything in mind. Yeah, and you, you're saving it for a special project, so yeah. let's not waste that yarn, you know, really think about it. And if you've gone through all these steps, and you've decided that I, I'm, it's inconclusive, I don't know what I'm going to do, then maybe it's just not your time to work with this particular yarn. Yeah. You know, Makes maybe sense, yeah. it's maybe this yarn is, you know, bamboo cotton which splits very easily. Yeah. Or like rayon which which has a shine and it's not easy to work with. You know, maybe you wanna wait until your skill, you're a little bit more confident with your skill level. Right. Then, you know, pick it up and try it again. There's no harm just frogging it and starting over again and yeah. just reskining it and stashing it. It's a stash, you know. <laughs> keep it to keep it safe and keep it with you until you know what you want to do with it. Yeah, and as long as you know how to store your yarn properly, I think that's okay, right? Should we make an episode about that? They just gave me an idea how I... to store your yarn because I do see yarn like being kept improperly and that really is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, we do have an episode on how we organise our yarn, right? Do we? I don't yeah. know. I think oh, we I have think, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we do. But I, I don't know whether we talked about storing. But well, anyway, you guys will go listen and find out for yeah. us. Well, I have a question, okay? So, uh-huh. if I found a pattern that I really like, but my yarn just doesn't work with it, okay. should I attempt to modify the pattern in order to use my yarn? Well, what's wrong with the yarn? Okay, I think in that case, you first need to decide what about your yarn is not working. And I think there are only really a few, you know, off the top of my head, there are only a few things. It could either be the yarn weight is not correct, so mm-hmm. that's the thickness of the yarn. Maybe you want something that's more drapey and your yarn is too thick. The next would be, you know, maybe the look of it, maybe the aesthetic of it is not correct. doesn't match what you, okay. what you need. Right. Um, and also, I think the quality of the material makes a difference. Not all yarn is made equal. Yeah. Not all acrylics are made equal. We know yeah. that. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it's too scratchy for a sweater. Maybe it's too smooth for a household 
product like a basket I think first you've got to decide to define what is wrong with and it and yeah to diagnose what the issue actually is right. and why you feel it's not working are you saying this after several swatches and you just can't figure it out and then maybe you know think about mulling the yarn like I said or you could even split the yarn I don't recommend it but maybe you could dye the yarn a different colour you could modify the actual yarn itself Oh, uh, right, okay. You know, there are so many things you can do with it. But if after all of that swatches, after all of that experimentation, you've decided that it's still not working, then maybe it's just not the right project for you. Right, okay. Maybe it's just the hook. Sometimes, like, just like how not all yarn is made equal, not all hooks right. are made equal. it could be the tools, right. Yeah, it could, sometimes it could be the, for example, a 4mm that you get from Japan versus you get from Germany or Europe. The, I've noticed across the board, and I'm generalizing here, but it's something I've noticed is sort of consistent throughout Germany, for example, or in Europe. Right. All their crochet hooks have sharper noses, whereas crochet hooks in Japan or in Asia have a rounder noses. And I don't right. know if it's they're mimicking the, the <laughs> ratio <laughs> differences, knows? but you know okay. that's what I've noticed. And I feel that having a crochet hook, say tulip brand, Tulip brand is from Japan, right? And the, yeah. nose, the nose is a lot rounder and fatter and so it creates like a nicer pull-through. Right. Whereas, you know, a sharper nose, like the ones I got from Germany and Europe, yeah. it's a little bit harder for me to pull through because the nose is so large and long and sharp right. that I need to pull through a lot. And that creates one same fabric done in both stitches. The one with the larger nose creates a tighter tension but a looser stitch. So it's got a lot of gaps in between and it's just not working out for me. Right. But, you know, switch it to a different hook and see how you like it. Yeah, that's a good point. It didn't occur to me that maybe you just need to change a different hook, a bigger size or a smaller size, you know? Yeah, and I think in general, there really is no pattern that doesn't work with any yarn. Mm. Any yarn you get and any pattern you get, you could just randomly match up the two and you can still create something. Oh. It still will work. It's just maybe not what you want. Right. You could get a really heavy, like a size 6 or 7, super bulky, roving or jumbo yarn and make a t-shirt out of that if that's what you want. That could still right. happen. It's just you don't want something so thick and heavy and maybe it's not as practical. You know, but if you're an Eskimo, maybe that might work. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, you know? Yeah, so my question, actually, it, it doesn't work that way because I can still crochet something out of it is just that it's not something that yeah. I like or I want. Exactly. So okay, any, okay. you can do any pattern. And, you know, there you need to experiment with modification. It's it's never just a one-stop shot answer. Right. You need to figure out what you like. And sometimes it takes a little bit of, you know, like, work Time. around. Yeah. yeah. And usually, if it's a yarn issue, there is no amount of, like, stitch repeat modification or row repeat modification that you can do. I that see. would help because it's just it's the stitch right and there's nothing wrong with the stitch it's something wrong with your yarn <laughs> it's not matching the project that you right, want right right I see okay so once you can figure that out there's no point trying to struggle to work with the yarn yeah can't force it yeah you can't force it yeah you may how, however much you like this colour or look or aesthetic of the material if it just doesn't work with the pattern it just doesn't work for you and don't force it you know you find some other yarn that works right, it's like okay. fate if the yarn speaks to you, it speaks to you. <laughs> okay, okay. 
So to recap what I've, I've been saying this whole episode, I'm going to break down the steps again in a quick summary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so point number one is to decide how much yarn you have. You can only work a certain kind of project right. depending on the yarn quantity. Of course. Okay, refer to our previous episode if you need to, but first you need to decide how much yarn you actually have to work with. Number two, swatch it. There is no get around swatching. You need to examine its thickness, see how the fabric ends up. Is it too thick? Is it too thin? Yeah. Right? Step number three, once it's done, figure out what you want. Decide. Do you want it to be a wearable? Do you want it to be a household stuff? Is it a gift? Is it for yourself? And if it's a gift, what other considerations do you need to take into account? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's for a child... Don't yeah. give them something that's really exquisite and tears in an instant, right? Right. Point number four, look for a pattern. Decide on a few things. How much money do you want to spend on it? How much time do you have left to spend on it? And how does it wear over time? Is it too troublesome? Is there any washing instructions they need to take note of? Yeah. And only once you've gone when you've once you've decided on all these four different points, then you can go ahead and decide and start on your project. So there you have it. These are all of my personal steps. These are the things that I do when mm-hmm. I have yarn, when I buy all this yarn and I don't know what to do with it. Right. If you don't do these things, I want to know because although I think it's working for me, I still buy yarn and I still don't do anything with it. So maybe yeah, I think it's not as effective as I think it is. Well, I think your issue is that there's so many things that you can do with it. So it's about filtering it down. Yeah, and also that I buy yarn faster than I can crochet. That is true. I think that's the biggest issue. But if you have your own technique for figuring out what you want to do with the yarn, share them with me because I'm always interested in knowing other people's, you know, process and see how I can optimize my own process. Yeah, exactly. So leave us your questions. We, you can find us on our Instagram or of our Facebook. We are at Crooked Crochet SG. Or better still, WhatsApp me. Give me a message. You can find us at plus six five nine one two seven two seven four three. Or you can just email us. I love reading your emails because I think it's, you know, people who email us tend to write a little bit longer your stories and yeah. passages and that's what I like to read so email us at crookedcrochetsg at gmail.com anyway all the information will be down in the show notes so you want to check in that and remember to let us know if it's a question for the podcast oh. uh, to state that in your email uh, or anywhere else that uh, you would like us to answer that yeah okay I and I think it's funny because I think some of you guys maybe are like a little bit excited to write in. So the messages sometimes don't even have a hi, you know, we are, I'm this, this, this. And it just goes right into the heart of it. And I'm yeah. not sure if you're asking me to clarify that for you personally or, or if you're giving me ideas for the podcast. Right, right. So I'm a little bit stumped as to what I should do. So leave, you know, let me know if it's for the podcast and if it's okay for me to mention your name. Because sometimes it's not and I want to know that I have your consent to use to your share name that, yeah. in the episode. So thank you again to everyone that came down to our event last yeah. week. I think it was really, it, I say it's a success after two years of being cooped up in our houses. I think it was really nice being able to see all your faces again. <laughs> yeah. And 
we went on on IG live so some of you joined the IG live I think that was quite cool so thanks again really it made such a difference to see like to finally pair names to faces yeah and you know for those who actually came down because you heard about this event from us you know just to get your Christmas gifts or just to say hi really thank you so much for your support because it makes you know doing this so much more uh, fulfilling fun. and rewarding and fun yeah. and fun for sure so with that we will leave you here and I'll see you next week again for another episode and in fact our last episode of the year uh, but we'll right. get into that right, in yeah. the next episode so stay tuned see you next Sunday 12 noon bye guys bye bye